Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Christian Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan, and we are on episode 39. Um, today, I wanted to kind of go over... I wanted to go over General Conference a little bit. Before we get into that, um, just as a reminder, I'm also uh, busting out a Book of Mormon uh, chapter-by-chapter series. Uh, you can look it up. I've made a playlist, so you can just look it up on the channel. I'll add it. Um, if I remember, I'll add it onto the the uh, YouTube homepage, and it'll just it'll be there. It's it's been kind of fun for me, but at the same time, it's really cool, and it's a good excuse for me to be able to get into get into the nitty gritty of the Book of Mormon. To get into the nitty-gritty of the of the doctrine of of the scriptures of the ideas that are not surface level. These are things that are symbolic. These are things that you have to kind of dig for. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Um, I I recommend following along in your scriptures as we do stuff and and writing stuff down. Write the notes down. You know, cross-references and all that awesome stuff. But just as a way of reminder, that's something that I, I wanted to put out. Something that um, my kids will be able to go back to and see what their old man thought about some things. But hopefully it's it's the gospel. So it's it's applicable to all of us and it is applicable to to all of our daily lives. And, and especially in the times that we live in now. But I'm going to be busting out a Bible one as well at some point. Um... It's all, always about time. Time is always the biggest hindrance. Um, got a lot going on in life. Got uh, some some boys that are wrestling and, and doing jujitsu and stuff like that. So things are kind of crazy, but we're making time. We're carving time out for the Lord and to uh, lift each other up. So be on the lookout for those other things. Um, getting back to the task at hand. I wanted to kind of do an after-action review of General Conference. Um, if you guys are anything like me, you've got kids and you've got, you know, during general conference, you're breaking up fights. You're, you know, trying to tell the kids to be quiet, tell them to be respectful while recognizing that they're kids and that that's hard to do. So I'm, I'm having to go back through general conference and with a fine tooth comb because it's just, it's one of those things, you know, during general conference at my household, we're trying to teach the kids that this is important and you need to listen. And that's kind of the lesson that, that they're getting at the time and that, that we're trying to instill at the time. As parents, we have to go back and then read it, you know, on, on the, the website, the church website, or watch slash listen to it to be able to get, you know, what we're supposed to get out of it from the Spirit. And that's totally okay. If you guys are in that same position, you understand. But that is totally okay. We need to te- teach those principles to our kids, to that next generation. Um, as I'm kind of looking over the uh, the topics from General Conference, as I'm looking over some of those things that that the brethren and our church leadership... Uh, both male and female would have us um, would have us learn and would have us know. It's really cool to see. You know, it, it seems like every general conference, I always get asked the question: Do, do you think there's going to be anything epic or anything big? And 
you know, maybe maybe at first I used to think, oh, there's got to be. Look at look at what the times we're living in. Look at what's happening. Look at all the, you know, the 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 food scarcity that's on the horizon. Look at all this and look at all that. Look at the war. Look at all this stuff. That's, I mean, if it, if you guys don't know, we're we're in World War Three. Like, we're there. We're in World War Three right now. We just don't know it yet. You know, it hasn't really kicked off. It's been kind of centralized to to Russia and Ukraine and stuff like that. But it, it it was cool because something I've learned, something I've learned from COVID, that time frame, something that I I've picked up the over the last couple of years has been that I don't think the church and the, the brethren in our leadership is ever going to freak out and and tell you announce that we're in you know super super crazy times and that super crazy things are coming our way that challenges are ahead and um there's a talk oh it's i believe it's ezra taft benson and i can't remember the the topic of the talk or the the title i mean but he basically says as much where he's like, look, there's not going to be a general warning about this stuff. You just need to be ready for it. And I think that that we're living in that time where we really, really, really need to be on our toes. As I'm looking and as I was sitting, um, listening to general conference, breaking up fights here and there between my boys. I, I got, from, from General Conference, what I got out of it, the feeling that I got, was that we're about ready to have a changing of the guard in our church leadership. Uh, we got some really, some ancient apostles. We got some people that are there that are have been there for as long and maybe even longer than I've been alive so, I mean, I'm not saying that, that that's like a prompting or anything, you know what I mean? That's, that's just, it's an observation, but it wasn't something I was thinking about. I think that when we see some of these brethren and these uh, sisters that are our leaders, we think they're always going to be there, that they're always going to be around. That's, that's not the case. And these, these righteous people, you know, especially... Elder Ballard, especially Elder Holland, President Nelson, these guys have been watchmen on the tower for a very long time. And they have been fulfilling the measure of their creation, and they've been fulfilling their mission that they were sent here to do very, very well. And they've been sounding the alarm on top of the watchtower for a very, very long time. And what we do with that information is up to us, because their time is about up. They're, they're about done. Like, we're talking within the next year or two, probably, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just the way it is. It's, it's the circle of life, you know what I mean? And that impression, that, that, that feeling, that thought popped into my head as I was watching, and I was like, oh my gosh, we haven't got much longer with these brethren. These guys were there when I went on a mission. These guys were there when I, you know, when I was a deacon in some cases. These guys have been there for my whole life, 
I don't remember a time without them. And other brethren will be stepping into those slots in the in the quorum of the twelve. And another brother, you know, another elder will be stepping up to be the 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 mouthpiece at some point. Elder Oaks is next in line for that. Um but he's also he's 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 getting up there in age as well. He's pretty dang old, you know. So there's I think we're going to have a lot of succession here. We're going to have a changing of the guard. And it will then be these new brethren that are that are apostles, these new special witnesses of Christ. It will then be their job to carry us through the hard times that we're in. That was also another thought that I had was, did you notice that they emphasized what President Nelson said, that if, if you aren't able to, to hear the promptings of the Holy Ghost to discern, then you're not going to spiritually survive? They reiterated that again. And if you look in Scripture, you'll notice that when something is repeated, it's putting special emphasis on that. And that was repeated. And that definitely caused me, made my ears perk up a little bit. And I thought, wow, this is, this is serious stuff. We're, we're getting into some, some crazy times. But you'll notice that they never will call out. It, I mean, they do, but they don't like, they don't say, hey, look around, look around. You know, the sky is falling. Okay, they're not doing the chicken little dance. They're, they're preaching the basics. I've been going to my, uh, my boys' jujitsu practices. We just got them signed up and going. And it's really cool to see because I'm showing up and I'm watching as a, as a wrestler. As somebody who, who grew up, you know, who wrestling had a little bit of, of, of achievement in it, you know, not as much as some, but I definitely um, identify with that world, you know, identify with that athletic world. And there's some things there in grappling that are universal, whether you're in jiu-jitsu or judo or wrestling, whatever, right? Sambo, whatever, you know, pick your poison there. There's a lot of universal stuff there. And a lot of the universal stuff is the basics, right? It's just one of those things. If you have the basics down, as a wrestler, you can go in and you can pick up the jujitsu stuff really quick. You can advance really quickly. Like some of the best jujitsu practitioners in the world, you know, and like going into the UFC and stuff like that. Some of the most competitive guys were wrestlers and they just take to it. It's how it is, right? But, getting back to the basics, if you have the basics down and you drill those basics and those basics become like a part of you, then you're, you're really unstoppable. You know what I mean? Some of the best people in the world, you know, some of the best people in the world at their craft have mastered the basics and they rely on the basics. The basics are like 
what carries them through and what makes them dangerous, right? Something that my my dad always uh, always taught was, you know, and this was something that I just I showed my boy, because my other boy's in wrestling, right? And he was telling me about this move called the Granby, right? Now the, I I had buddies that used to love the Granby, and it's basically it's it's where you sit you sit out on somebody, and then you're able to grab their arm, do kind of a little. A little side roll and they wind up kind of getting rolled onto their back and it's you know for for people that don't weigh a lot that are like really skinny and, and uh, don't weigh a ton and stuff it, it can be an okay move uh, but it's risky and when you get into where you know you're you're weighing a little bit more when you're a little heavier you get into like with a 171 and above um, it's not. It's not really practical. It's not really going to work for you. It's. It's too risky. You know. The, there's a risk and reward to everything. And the reward is that you get some some good points out of the deal. You can get a, a reversal and a near fall. You know, which which adds up pretty quick. But the um, the opposite end of that is that you can get pinned really really easy. Get put on your back, right? And so my dad always told me. That no, you don't do Grambys, you do stand-ups. And everybody should just do stand-ups. Take the one point. And you mitigate all of the risk, right? And you get a smaller reward, but you'll get that smaller reward every single time. And it's it was fun for me to be able to kind of tell that to my son. You know, say, no, 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 we don't do Grambys, we do stand-ups, right? We stick to the basics, we do stand-ups. And it's, you know, again, just, just going back to that, in general conference, what are they teaching, guys? What, what was the, if you go through here, I've got, I've got all these talks here, all these, these talks that, that they went through. Let's look at some of the, uh, let's look at some of the titles to these talks, right? Saturday morning session. Okay, we've got Elder Bednar. In the path of their duty, uh, Sister Wright, abide the day in Christ. Uh, Elder Danes, sir, we would like to see Jesus. Elder Godoy, for the sake of your posterity. Okay, Elder Christofferson, the sealing power. So, uh, let's let's go to the next session here. We'll skip over some of the other one. We'll go to the next session. Okay, Elder Anderson, opening the windows of heaven. Uh, skip a couple, Elder Stevenson, Promptings of the Spirit. Skip a couple, Elder Phillips, God Knows and Loves You. Uh, Elder Rasband, How Great Will Be Your Joy. Okay, the, uh, the night session. Uh, Elder Sabine, Hallmarks of Happiness. Okay, you get the point here, go, go to Sunday. Elder Cook, Be Peaceable Followers of Christ. Uh, President Eyring, Our Constant Companion. <laughs> Just, I mean, let's let's do the, the very last session here. Uh, Elder Renland, Jesus Christ is the treasure. Elder Cardone, uh, divine parenting lessons. Elder Gong, love is spoken here. Uh, President Nelson, the, the final talk, think celestial. You didn't hear anything crazy. Like, there's no titles in there that are going to give you the idea that they're going to tell you where Kolob is, right? Why? Why is that? Why aren't we going into super deep doctrine? 
why aren't we going into into the these these you know super super crazy interesting you know mixing the the you know finding out where science and religion converge and stuff like that like why why are they not focusing on it they're speaking to the church generally right so what does that tell you that the church generally needs to be working on the basics We've got to get the basics down. There's a lot of people that think they have the basics down. And they will then move on to to going into deep doctrine and stuff. And I, I like deep doctrine as much as the next guy. You know what I mean? I enjoy going into some of those things. I enjoy looking into, you know, into some of those those deeper things. But the problem with those things is that you you leave you leave the the firm foundation of rock, and you go on to, in many cases, a very sandy foundation of um, conjecture and theory, and you mistakenly, you'll become so convinced with that that you'll turn that into your foundation. And just like the song says, what happens when that foundation gets hit with some water? You know, it, it, it crumbles, it goes away. Um, it's why I started putting out my, my Book of Mormon series, chapter by chapter stuff, you know, and I'm purposely using the tools, um, that everybody should have. Everybody's got Google, everybody's got the Book of Mormon student manual, you know what I'm saying? You've got your Book of Mormon, you've got your Bible, okay? We've got all these tools, and, and I found myself doing this as well, where I'm reading stuff, but I'm not digging into it. And what I love about it is that it's it's basic. You don't have to be a scholar to get these basic things down. You know what I mean? Very, very easy to pick up. Maybe hard to master. Maybe hard to master. But very easy to pick up. And, and we have a whole probationary life, mortal existence period to where we can master those basics, right? But... Our leadership here and those who were chosen to speak to us, they're giving us these these basic things in general conference, right? And a lot of people I've heard complain about that. You know, and they're, they're like, well, when, when are we going to get some, you know, when are we going to get away from the run of the mill? It's like, guys, we can't, we can't even handle what we got. You know, you're wanting the you're wanting the contents of the hundred and sixteen lost manuscript pages or or you're wanting the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon and you're not even reading the Book of Mormon. You're not reading the, the Bible, you're not reading the Pearl of Great Price, the, the Doctrine and Covenants. Why why would you want more if you can't even handle what you got? You see what I'm saying? And it's you know, it's one of those things there for, for a while I was kind of in that camp where I wanted more, I wanted more. But when we stop, and when we get these talks, especially when they come out on uh, the church's website, when you can see the references that these people have put in, and you can start to dig into it like you would your scriptures, right? Like you're supposed to. If you dig into it, look at the meaning behind what they're telling you. It's deep. It's very deep. There's There's warnings there. There's 
things that will help you to get through life. But going into the next uh, thing that, that, that I feel, that I kind of felt during conference, and I, my cousin called me, shout out to Nick, and, and he was like, what, what did you get? What did you get? And I told him, I told him, well, I, th I think we're, you know, we need to focus on the basics, and I, th I think there's going to be a changing of the guard. And I also think that we're going to go through some hard times. And he was like, dude, I got the same exact feeling. That's exactly what I felt as well. Some of the talks uh, touched on that. They, t they touched on, on the fact that, you know, if you're not ready, if you're not focused, going back to Elder Nelson's warning, and they specifically called that out as a warning, right? Where they said, hey... You know, this is something that we need to take seriously, and this is something that we need to realize and recognize is that if you're not taking your spiritual vitamins, if you're not doing your spiritual workouts, if you have not prepared, uh, you're not going to make it. That th Just think about that for a minute. Think about how sobering that is, that comment. But what's cool about that, brothers and sisters, is that they're telling us how to make it. You know, especially Elder Nelson in his in his his one talk that he gave to us, right? The final talk of the whole general conference session, where he's like, "Guys, look at look at what you know. It's your choice. Do you want to live in the celestial kingdom? Then start living the celestial kingdom right now." To me, that is a very um, how would you say it? That is a very millennium uh, forward-thinking idea and, and way of thinking. You know, that, that, is, that is having the power to bind Satan right now instead of waiting for the millennium when Christ is reigning personally upon the earth. Like, if we could do that as a church, he would be bound right now, today. And that was just, like, that talk completely blew me away. Just thinking about having, I mean, having that in your mind all, all the time. Thinking, I'm going to live a celestial life right now. I definitely am not there, you know. They, they even covered talking about what, it, what, what is your golden calf, Right? What is your golden calf? I can tell you technology for me, uh, computers, just getting things to work on a computer, that's probably my golden calf. I love that stuff. Um, I, I really enjoy working out and, 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 well, specifically lifting weights. I don't enjoy cardio all that much, but I love lifting weights. I, I love, you know, I love all of these things, which is fine. It's okay to love technology. It's okay to love lifting weights. But when that becomes your focus, your primary driving force for living, you you got yourself a golden calf, <laughs> you know, and and I think that, I think that that is very natural man centric for all of us. Like we're all going to have stuff that you naturally are driven to. I'm very um, ADD. I definitely have. I've got something. I've never been tested for it. But I, I, I have some, my, 
my kids have got it. And one of my sons has been tested for it. He totally has. And I, and I watch him, and I see him doing the same things that I do. <laughs> he definitely got it from me. You know what I mean? Where I, I will hyper-focus on something. And everything, like, I, I will sacrifice sleep. I will, uh, I will completely just obsess about it and learn everything I can about this thing, if it interests me, right? And that's, uh, you know, computers and, and learning how to do stuff. Like, I, I, I have a Linux computer, like, operating system. And it's new to me, so I've been diving into it and learning all sorts of different things about it and just hyper-focusing on it. I think that's very much the natural man. I think everybody kind of does that to an extent, where you find something that interests you. And it's something that brings joy to you. You know, it's something that you just, you love, you have a knack for, or something like that. I think that we are all on earth, especially when you're young, you're looking for a tribe, you're looking for things of where you fit in. And when you finally find that thing, you, that can easily take the place of God, very easily. And it's our jobs to to take those things and to give them attention for sure. There's nothing wrong with enjoying those things, but to do it within the bounds that the Lord has set, right? We've, you know, we, we make covenants, and especially those of us who are endowed members of the church... We've made covenants and promises that, that Christ, and, you know, especially dealing with our time, our talents, our, our, our energy, our, our work, our drive, that we are supposed to bring that into alignment with Christ, that we are supposed to bring that into alignment with the mission that the Lord has set for each one of us, and the mission that the Lord has set for the, the body of Christ, right? For the church. And if you can do that, you've made it. You know what I'm saying? If you can do that, and you can do it willingly, and I think that's the key part, is doing it willingly, I think that you are ready for a City of Enoch scenario. I think that you are ready for a redemption of Zion scenario, which, you know, just as a reminder, you know, but clear back in Joseph Smith's time, it was a commandment. We were, we were commanded to go and to redeem Zion, but because our ancestors weren't, they weren't ready, they weren't up to par, they weren't righteous enough, which echoes, you know, the children of Israel wanting to be able to be a, a nation of high priests and being able to endure and be in the presence of the great Jehovah, right? That was an invitation. That's how it was supposed to be. But they weren't ready for it. And so they said, no, 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 Moses, you go ahead and you be our, our, uh, our spokesman. You be our, our dude and our go-between, you know? It was the same thing with, with the redemption of Zion. The people just weren't ready. They were not ready, and as a result, they, they kind of got punished a little bit, and we were, we were driven out of Missouri. We were driven into, into what was then Mexico. We were completely driven out of the United States. 
and every generation since that time, since that failure to redeem Zion, it has been that generation's duty to go and to redeem Zion. It hasn't happened. Uh, it's the same thing with my generation. You know, we are supposed to go and to redeem Zion. It hasn't happened yet. That's a failure on our part as a people. And at some point, the Lord is going to have to step in and do it himself. If we can't get our stuff together, he's going to have to prepare a way and perhaps choose a, a righteous few to go and to redeem Zion, right? He'll have, to, he'll have to lead that charge himself. But it really does, it puts things into perspective when we start thinking this way. When we look, we see the advice we're given at General Conference. We see and understand our mission as members of, of the body of Christ, as members of this church, the Church Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, when we, when we look at that and we start to realize and recognize what our divine mission really is and how we're supposed to bring ourselves into alignment, is it any wonder that the stuff that we are getting is very basic? You know, it's powerful and potent, but it is, it's the basics. And that's what we have to focus on, brothers and sisters. I think a lot of times that when people especially in our study of the scriptures, you know, we think that that's a basic thing, but it's not. It's not, and I'm trying to illustrate that in our in our chapter-by-chapter -chapter analysis of the Book of Mormon right now. Using simple tools uh, that are available to everybody, we can dig down and we can get so much out of these talks, out of the scriptures. We can get hidden meaning and hidden treasures of, of knowledge here. I mean, you, you can get, literally, you can get prophetic stuff to prepare for the future from these talks, guys. Like, do we really understand the pearls of great price that are being cast down at our feet from, from General Conference? Are we digging in and saying to ourselves, like, are we showing up to, with questions at General Conference? I hope that we did. And if you haven't, right, take some time, pray, get into the right mindset, and approach the, the church website's uh, uh, recordings of General Conference and approach it anew with questions in your heart and your, and your mind. Uh, praying to have the Spirit with you so that it can speak to your spirit and tell you some things that you need to know, some personal revelation. Um, that's how we're supposed to approach General Conference. And now that it's over, we think about things. We, we, we look at what was said. We look at the, at the titles, and we, and we try to put together the picture, the puzzle, the spiritual puzzle of what is the Lord telling us. What is the Lord telling me as, as a member? What is he telling me as a father? What, what is he telling you as a wife, as a mother, a daughter, right? Everything that they're talking about, like, they, they really hit hard being a neighbor. You know, they talk about loving each other. They talk about getting back to Christ. They talk about being brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, it's, 
stuff that we need so bad today. And I, I they even mentioned the fact that, and this really stood out to me, they mentioned the fact that, and I found it very interesting that we are in a time of war and rumor of war. Um, they talked about how how with Alma and Amulek, right? How they had to go and reclaim the Zoramites. Now, this was a time when the Nephites were getting ready to arm up and to go bring them back into the fold or take them out with the sword because they were worried that they would enter into a into an agreement with the Lamanites, right? Which eventually some of them did. But how did they solve that problem? And I love that he, that he brought this up, but how did they solve that problem? Alma says, you know what? I know that the power of God and the word of the Lord and his scriptures and, and the prophecies are more powerful than any sword. So that is what I'm going to use. And he goes out and winds up saving a bunch of people, a bunch of souls, right? He goes and he finds the, the Zoramites who have been cast out of their synagogues uh, that they built with their own hands, right? And and he, he explains to them, guys, you don't have to, you can worship God anywhere, you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't have to have a nice fancy synagogue to be able to pull this off, guys. It's just so cool. It's so cool. And I'm I'm extremely grateful to be able to have the superpower of common sense. And I don't say that boastfully or pridefully. I am a flawed, flawed man, you know. I I have I have a lot of flaws and I have a lot of of you know I, I don't I don't enjoy people very much. I'll be honest with you guys. You know what I mean? I have a hard time being around people. I love I love persons. Persons are cool. But people for some reason when we get in a group, you know, we just lose our our ability to think sometimes. And I was talking with um with my elders quorum president. He came for a little PPI. Um and we were talking and I was like, you know, I never thought that I would live to see the day and this is a man that I admire very, very much. I've admired him my whole life. But, you know, I, I, uh, I was, we were talking and I said, you know, I never thought I'd see the day when common sense would become a superpower. I never thought I'd see that day. And he, he was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Things have been, you know, and he's, he's been alive a lot longer than I have. And he was like, you know, you should go back to my childhood and see how much things have changed. We, we, we talked about the brethren, had a discussion about the brethren and how the rising generation, the current generation, is beginning to, they're beginning to take the words of the brethren, to take the words of the prophet, and they are beginning to devalue those things. And I've seen this in some of the channels where we get members of the church that are in full fellowship and who love the, the brethren and stuff like that. 
and they will kind of do the same thing. That there, there's like an effort to devalue the words and the counsel of the brethren, and that makes me very, very nervous. That makes me very, very nervous when we start to do that, because then we enter into a time and and we enter into very dangerous waters because whenever that has happened in the past those blessings are taken from the people now luckily we live in in the fullness of times we live in a time when the the, the truth won't be taken again from the earth however I would not be, be surprised if there is a time when either because of governmental edict or because of war or whatever situation you want to try to come up with, I would not be surprised if there is a time when we are not able to hear the words of, of our prophet, of our apostles, when we're going to have to go by the Spirit. And that survival whether it be temporal, uh, most definitely spiritual, but whether that includes temporal, I don't know, but I would suspect that might be the case. That we, we will have to enter into a time where we will not have that, and then we will yearn, we will thirst for the words of the brethren, for the words of our beloved prophet. And I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case. But I can see that being a very teachable moment um, for the great Jehovah, for Christ, and for God. Make us appreciate things a little bit more. As I talked with, with our Elders Quorum president, I, I said, you know, can, can people make mistakes? Absolutely. Can prophets make mistakes? Absolutely. However, I will always take the opinion of a prophet or an apostle, and I will place that above mine every time. And maybe that's a controversial thing to say, but that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? I trust that that they have done a lot more homework than I have, and I'll, I'll go with what they think is best. You know what I mean? That's just, it's not prophet worship, it's not anything like that. I value what these what these brethren have to say, these, these aged brethren. And I value their experience, and I will follow them to the gates of hell. I will follow them to the gates of hell. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm not going to take a ton of time on this one. I thought about going through some of the talks with you guys and stuff like that, but I really, really think that it is time for us to do that individually, to go through a lot of this stuff ourselves. I'm going to take a couple of the of the talks and I'm going to turn them into some podcast episodes where we kind of dissect a few of them because they're just fantastic. And I'd love to get um, my thoughts onto the the radio waves here on, onto the onto the internet. I'd like to um, just just put my my thoughts and feelings out there, but I'm not going to go through every single one of them. But I think that you guys should. Uh, incorporate that into your personal study. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But that's like, that's my new focus right now is, is making time 
uh, for the Lord, making time for your personal study. Um, even if that is like you having to make sure that, that you make a covenant with yourself, that every time you go to the bathroom, that instead of being on YouTube or anything like that, you are reading the scriptures, marking them, looking at the uh, the resources there, you know. That is totally fine and acceptable. That is totally fine and acceptable. If you need to start there, start there. But let's make time. Let's make time. And you know what? Do do what I'm doing. Put it out there. Record it. Even if it's just for your, for your posterity, record it. I would love to be able to go through and find some of my ancestors and especially the ones that joined the church. I would love to hear their testimony. I would love to to hear their voices, to hear what they had what they thought about certain things in the Book of Mormon. Like that would be precious to me. I've been able to get uh, their patriarchal blessings of a few of my ancestors and they they are precious to me and i was reading one out loud to my wife and i i choked up and i started to cry and she was looking at me like why are you crying and i was like this is my this is my 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 great great grandpa <laughs> you know what i mean it just touched me it was it was the spirit of elijah if i've ever ever felt it before you know, I, I, I started to, to choke up and I got I teared up and started crying about it when I was reading it. And, and I felt this connection to that ancestor. But if you could do the same, you know, I, I wish I could I could hear that ancestor's testimony. You know, I wish that I could hear what what they were dealing with in their day, the struggles that they had and how they were coping with that using the gospel, using the scriptures, using the words of the prophet. Do the same thing. We've been instructed by our prophet to open your mouth. This is how I'm opening my mouth. This is how I'm doing it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sending my voice out to a bunch of strangers across the world. It's a weird thing because I'm kind of an introvert. And if it wasn't for the church, if it wasn't for the spirit, if it wasn't for Christ, I wouldn't be doing this. You know, it, it takes work. It takes time. But this is what I'm putting up on the altar, and this is how I'm opening my mouth. As I always say, as I hope that I did in the pre-existence, and I would challenge you guys to do it as well. Start doing some studies and record them. It's not for you. It will do you some good, but it's not for you. It's for those who will come after you, and it will be a strength to them. I just want to bear my testimony, brothers and sisters, that I know that this church is true. I know that Jesus Christ is getting ready to return, to rule, to bring back the monarchy, the righteous monarchy that is supposed to be here. He will be crowned at Adam on Diamon. Keys will be given back. And he will reign personally upon the earth. And I pray that I am alive and that I live to see that, brothers and sisters. Either way, I hope I'm there. But I know that Jesus is the Christ. I know that he was the great Jehovah and is the great Jehovah. 
And I know that there is a war that began in the pre-existence that continues today that is leading our brothers and sisters away from the, from the great Jehovah's mouthpiece and the ultimately spiritual death. I pray that you will join with me in raising your voice in doing your part to help out, to throw some life vests on to some other people and to throw some life preservers out to those who have fell off the ship. I love you guys. No matter what, what country you're listening from, I love you guys. And I look forward to kneeling with you at the feet of Christ as brothers and sisters, and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.